Welcome, everybody, to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics, each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and I'm here joined today by the love doctor herself, Amanda Renee. Amanda, how's it going? Hey, hey, happy to be back. Yeah, welcome back. We're happy to have you. This is always one of my favorite podcasts, or Split Six versions to do, because we don't have to really follow any of the topics. We can just talk about relationships, dating, sex, and a bunch of other things that pertain to your monogamous or maybe polyamorous relationship with another being. (laughs) We're breaking all the rules tonight. Get ready. (laughs) Got lots to share. We've had so many listeners submit questions, and I am just psyched to um, help whoever needs uh, guidance in the relationships. Good, because we all could use a little help, couldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think it's also just like nice to hear another voice. Mm -hmm. Well, you know know what I need help with? What's that? I need help with telling the listeners what kind of beer we're drinking tonight. Oh, I forgot we do this. Let's let's pull this out. Sorry. I, I got it. So this is Hob Lust. Hop lust. Hop lust. That's, that's a P, not a B. I said P. Hop lust. <laughs> Indian Pale Ale. 7.1%. American IPA. Let's see. It looks like it has like a heart slash hop leaf on it. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hop uh whatever the a hop bud mixed with a actual version of the human heart, not the classic, you know crappy version exactly lusting for hops an intense bouquet of fresh hops will greet you on the nose followed by bursting tropical citrus and piney flavors on your palate we use a proprietary blend of hop varieties for a bold hoppy flavor without the harsh bitterness rockford brewing company let's open these up you know this is actually the second time i bought this beer for this podcast but Last time it was with uh, Jordan and we had to drink kombucha instead. Cheers. Oh, yeah. I listened to that one. Thanks. Thanks for being a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. Oh, your little puppies are cuddly. Yes, the, they are inseparable. <laughs> so, uh, just for the listeners out there, Nick's two dogs currently are cuddling under the table that we are talking on. This is so cute. They do like to like lay down and let each other lick each other's ears. It's kind of gross. And sometimes Stella will lick Remy's ear so much that it gets like floppy, like a soaked beef jerky stick or something. It's adorable. <laughs> um, hey, do we have to, do you, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was okay. I did talk about that on the podcast. We did it on Friday. Um, oh. Went to the Lions game. You did it on Friday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the holiday, you know. Did it on the Black Friday. <laughs> how was your black friday did you go shopping i did i i'm gonna tell everybody about my black friday experience <laughs> on this podcast it was probably well actually we did black thursday oh yeah isn't that the worst yeah so i'm gonna i'm i, I can't oh my gosh it was my first time doing it and it was interesting it went some with some hardcore shoppers did you go with jenna i went with jenna Lindsay, and christina <laughs> and it was pretty hardcore our friend Jenna is notorious for her shopping skills and especially her Black Friday shopping skills. I'm sure she's got some crazy deals on things. Um, I don't know, but I did get a new coat, so I was excited about that. Nice. How's, hey, 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 before we move on to this first segment, how's the beer? Oh, it's good. 
It tastes like hops. <laughs> and lust. <laughs> Perfect for tonight's show, you guys. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Did you plan that? I did, yeah. I saw it and I was like, oh yeah, I didn't actually do this one. Um, there was actually a beer that I saw at a different liquor store that was like filled with aphrodisiacs and i was like i don't know if we can do this that's a little weird <laughs> no no this is perfect it fits with the love doctor theme yep for sure hop lust everybody i actually really like this a lot so i would recommend it more than most of the beers i've had on this podcast yeah i i just wanted a drink so whatever whatever you got i'll drink <laughs> all right cool well other than this i have a uh, beef eater that's it <laughs> <laughs> which might fit for the podcast too beer number one on to sports so just so everyone knows we are going to be bouncing back and forth between the topics and between these love advice things because amanda's got a whole list over here but we would be remiss if we did not bring up the michigan ohio state game and the complete failure that that college program that everyone around here loves so much in michigan um what an embarrassment amanda did you watch the game at all so i watched half of it and they, I watched it when Michigan made a touchdown and um, almost tied it up, but didn't quite. I think there were like three points behind or something. Yeah, so like the first half. Yeah. And uh, so I was like, oh, maybe they have a chance. And then we left and they lost from there. So Yeah, Michigan went into the game being four-point favorites going at uh, the shoe, as they call it. Ohio State was home. And uh, they got annihilated. Um, they were lucky to be that close in the beginning because of some weird play where one of the Ohio State people's like fumbled. Um, and then in the second half, it, the doors, the floodgates were opened and Ohio State poured it on. They, mm. they scored the record amount of points in that rivalry. Um, in a year where Michigan only had lost one game and everyone had them picked to be going to the college football playoffs. But they didn't get one single sack or not even a QB hit, which is like when the QB throws the ball, gets it away, but they still get pressure on the quarterback. Not once. And for this fake-ass great defense that Michigan supposedly had or has. Um, so, yeah, another failed season under Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, I recently declared my allegiance to State, and it was immediately after Jim Harbaugh went to Michigan because I really hate that cuck. Um, he is <laughs> he is such such a loser, in my opinion. And he has been backing it up by not beating Ohio State one time and only beating Michigan State when they have terrible teams. Well, you Michigan State's got their own problems, mm-hmm. but Michigan, this was supposed to be their year. They got their quarterback, Shea Patterson, they got this supposedly great defense, but they're a sham. They can't beat um, Ohio State ever. And, you know, cheers to you guys. Have fun going to a meaningless bowl game and missing the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's My nephew is so funny. He's like, I'm an Ohio State fan. Go Ohio. But he's kidding. And so I, I do this like a little reverse psychology experiment on him. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Go Ohio. And then he's like, you're not supposed to like Ohio. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kidding. Ohio sucks. Um, and it, this is totally unrelated to the Michigan game, but it's mm-hmm. related to sports. So did you hear that they fired Central Michigan's coach? I did not hear that. Yeah. So this just happened. 
Um, his name is... Their football coach, right? Yeah. John Bonamago. And they fired him this past weekend. Um, so I'm... Gosh, I just, I, I saw that. John was fired Friday night after a blowout loss to Toledo. Um, mm-hmm. Marked the end of a disastrous 1-11 to season where the only victory was against a football championship subdivision program. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for everyone that is curious why we're talking about Central Michigan, that is Amanda's alma mater. Yes. Yeah, you know, I've talked about it before. but I Fire just, up chips. I just randomly saw that on the news, and I was like, what? He got fired. He was there for uh, four seasons. Um well, yeah, when you go 1-11, you probably yeah. shouldn't expect job security. But, you know, when I went to Central my first year, so, yeah, my freshman year, we were really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the games were so fun, and we, we were doing awesome. And then after that, it was like, no, we sucked and, like, yeah, could barely fill the stands. Like, nobody would go to the games. I think I don't I don't remember what division we are, but we I remember we never could fill the stands. <laughs> I think I heard because your big rivalry was with Western, right? right? Yeah. I think I heard that there were empty a bunch of empty seats in that game when that's notorious for being like one of the bigger college games. Yeah. But because of how pitiful Central is, yeah. Uh, you know, not gonna make it happen. Eastern, on the other hand, uh, had an impressive season. I think they won like five or six games, which is hard for a school of Eastern's caliber because of how their schedules are put out where they have like four guaranteed losses built Mm -hmm. in just to get money. Um, But they went to overtime with some teams and, you know, like they had no business going overtime with. So we're hoping, we're holding out hope that they get a bowl game, especially with all their budget cuts to their athletic programs there. So is Michigan's coach going to get fired? No. (laughs) <laughs> Michigan's coach brings them people say like they brought they brought him there to win and he's going to change the culture. Okay. Yeah, I guess that would be nice, but they brought him there to make money because he's a celebrity and he went to Michigan and he played under Bo Schembechler, Schembechler, whatever the fuck however the fuck you pronounce his name. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, he just is a lunatic, I think. So <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, what about them Lions? How them Lions doing, Nick? Lions suck. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. Talked about it on the last podcast. They oh. suck. Okay. Did you go to the game? I went to the game. Okay. Um, and comment. Matthew Stafford's era in Detroit is coming to an end, and they need to blow it up and burn it down, like most things in all of Detroit <laughs> sports right now, except for the Red Wings. Red Wings are, they, need, are they, they need to suck, but they're doing too good. Really? I, I haven't been keeping up. Um, been a little busy. Um, but Red Wings, yeah. So what, what? where are they at? They've won a bunch of games uh, recently. And, you know, they, were, they started off one of the worst teams in the NHL, which is fine because they got this young crop of players. And if we have one more shitty season where we can get a top, like, three pick, then we'll be set, like – for if we if we draft well, we will be set to have a solid core and move on to to the future where we do contend for a cup eventually. It looks like they're playing right now, um, and it is two to three. Who's winning? Who are they playing? They are playing. Oh my gosh! I really hope this is right, but I, the St. Louis Blues. That's right. That's a team. Yeah, but I don't. I I feel like that's who they're playing right now. Um and yeah, so Detroit is winning. Three to two. Three to two. 
See, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't like people have this philosophy where you need to tank to do good to do better because when you do bad in the season, you get better draft picks. I, I, and I've talked about my philosophy on this. Like, I don't understand that, and I feel like it's like. <laughs> No, it's you got to be true to your team and you should never like want your team to do poorly so you can get better draft picks or whatever. Like I don't understand that. It's a hard concept to like buy into, especially because of how far and in between seasons are and like years down, you're planning for years down the road. But uh, with the Red Wings, like for, for example, this year, there's this player named Jack Hughes that's coming into the draft mm-hmm. and he's probably going to go number one. If the Red Wings are one of like the three worst teams in the league, they have a legit shot of winning the lottery and getting him. But should they purposely do bad to get a good draft pick? Well, what are they doing now? Like, I mean, th- right now they could be a fringe playoff team. Maybe make the eighth seed and lose to Buffalo in the first round. Like, does that satisfy you, or do you want to win cups? I feel like you need to do. You need to like not worry about your draft picks. You worry about your home, you worry about your team, and you worry about winning. Don't worry about your draft picks or all that other crap. You you need to focus on the game, that per, that game right there and then. I mean, I agree to an extent. Like, I mean, I'm never, I would never expect the players to flop a game or the coach to flop a game, but it's on the general manager to get the team to a place where you're starting people that aren't going to win, even mm-hmm. though they still are giving 100% effort. And they're just not good enough. Like that's kind of what the Tigers are doing right now, which is good because you know that we're in a rebuilding phase. We have to rebuild. It sucks that every single team in Detroit is going through it at the same time, except for the Pistons that aren't. They're actively not tanking, even though they have no fucking shot of even coming close to coming out of the Eastern, the weak Eastern Conference. But you know. It's dark days for Detroit sports, as I have been saying for a long time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Dan Gilbert will will pick us up, right? Because he always <laughs> does that. He's always got to save them cities. Yeah, hopefully he <laughs> buys one of our teams. Like, preferably the Pistons, because they're the most mismanaged. Or maybe well, the Lions would be great, but they're never selling that moneymaker. Because, yeah. you know, Detroit is, like, one of the best sports cities in America, if not the best. Because we have four major sports. Not, most cities don't have that. And we have two college programs in state and Michigan that are perennial contenders and talked about nationwide in football and in basketball. Like, this is a great sports town that we will love anybody, but there's no one to love right now. Well, and Love we doctor. have all these new state stadiums and all this money that's you know getting poured into all of the sports. So, um, we'll, we'll come back on top. Maybe not in all the sports because that will never happen. But in one mm. of them, we're gonna come back on top. Red Wings are probably the closest. Um, you know, if, if they if they honestly if they sucked and got Jack Hughes, we would be pretty close to being contenders. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Pistons will never be good. Um, I mean, the Lions, football's the easiest one to turn it around in, but it's the fucking Lions, and there's just a curse that, that I'm starting to believe in magic about. Oh, can I ask this maybe? And I'm So the Lions play every year on Thanksgiving. Correct. Now, do they always play the same team on Thanksgiving? No. Okay. It always changes. I was wondering about that. Cause, so how did that get determined that Lions always play on Thanksgiving? Um, I don't really know. It's like one of the only things we have. Like, that's just like our thing. Yeah. We're always the first game on Thanksgiving every year, which is kind of 
cute and cool, but it sucks that we aren't good enough to like live up to that name. Like Dallas always plays also on Thanksgiving afterwards after the lions. And, uh, you know, it's great for them because Dallas has won big things and is normally at least solid. My, uh, cousins are from Las Vegas and okay. No, they're from Detroit, but they live in Las Vegas. Okay. And it's so funny. They are huge Detroit sports fans. Yeah. More than me and probably more than you. Like, Mm -hmm. They just love Detroit sports so much and they're like always like posting about it and always watching the games and following up with it. I'm just like, why? Well, do they host a podcast about Detroit sports? Because I do. Do you though? Kind of. It's about (laughs) sports in general, but (laughs) it's only a third of it. But um, anyways, Amanda. Yes. Let's get on to some love questions while we're here. Well, this might be a good segment to like kind of lead into. So one of the questions I got submitted was from the listeners. What happens if he or she doesn't like the Lions? Oh. Dun, dun, dun. I wonder who sent that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, and maybe we can just say it's beyond the Lions. It's what if they don't like the same sports team as me? What if what if you're a passionate sports fan and they I mean, there's there's levels of this. They they don't care about it or maybe they're fans of a rival team or maybe they're just like, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't like the Lions, but I don't really like anyone or something like, you know. So what do you do in that situation? I, you know, I, I kind of am thinking about this. It's It might be like a cute little like playful thing like, mm-hmm. oh, you like the Lions, haha, I like the Packers or something. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. It's the first thing that came to mind. But so it might be like a cute rivalry and something that like you guys can like always like go back and forth about. Um, and like maybe it would be like a funny joke, like oh I'm gonna buy you Packers presents even though I know you hate the Packers, or I'm gonna buy you Lions. Oh yeah, things. that would cause issues. You think? Um yeah. Um so like you you remember that old commercial? I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was uh somebody wearing an Ohio State sweatshirt and some and a girl wearing a Michigan sweatshirt and they're making out. And then it just like shows to make an hour second, and it, on, the, on the screen it says, "Without sports, this wouldn't be disgusting." But because of that, like, yeah, a, like so, a, a super rivalry, which rivalries are rare in sports mm-hmm. right now, is with it? that pretty much. Like, I mean, there's some, but like they're not as. Like, I think the biggest one is Michigan and Ohio State, or Michigan Michigan State. Like, well, set. Um, I know, like Central and Western was a big rivalry, mm-hmm. and like. That doesn't that doesn't carry enough weight. I know it doesn't. I know, but I'm just saying. Like, so I dated a guy who went to my rivalry school, mm-hmm. and we went to the football game together, like the Central Western game. And you know, he was decked out in his Western stuff. I'm decked out in my Central stuff, and like there was no problems. It was all good and fun. Like his yeah. friends gave me shit. I gave him shit. Like, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't an issue. Um. I guess you have to, here we go. I guess you have to think about your priorities, right? So are the Lions coming before your relationships? Um, I would say that if they are, then you're in the wrong relationship. I know, but- <laughs> yeah. But I think you have to think about your priorities and it's like, okay, like if my 
significant other or my girlfriend or you know boyfriend whatever mm-hmm. um where are they in your priority list are they coming first or are they coming fourth and um is your lions like i don't know you just have to think about your priorities and <laughs> i think it depends that. on like kind of who you are like if you're someone that waits sports as much as some people do then like why get into a relationship with somebody that's going to piss you especially if you're a Lions fan who because mm-hmm. they are notorious for losing and let's say you're dating a Green Bay Packers fan you're going to be pissed off on a lot of Sundays if you put a lot of weight into sports even if you care about your relationship more right like still it's going to be like hard like if you're dating if you're a Lions a hardcore Lions fan dating a hardcore Packers fan that's going to cause a strife bef- between you guys and unless you f- find a way to navigate that situation like as adults, which is hard with sports because it's sports are childish and fan is short for fanatic and it insinuates that you're crazy about this team. So if 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 uh, two people are on opposite ends of the spectrum with that, you know, like that's, have separate that's, plans on Sunday. Yeah, you have that. That would be you have yeah, to separate have separate plans. Have separate plans on Sunday, but okay. And then let's talk a little bit about like what if you. It's not that you don't like the Lions, but how about you don't like football? So, Like what if you're dating somebody that's really into sports and you're just not? Yeah, and I think that's common. I've mm. met a lot of people uh, that, that that this happens, and I feel like, okay, I'm just going to use football as an example. It comes on every Sunday. Guess what? On Sunday, your man's going to be watching football, so you better find something <laughs> else to do if you don't want to sit there and watch football. And I, I, I think... It, if they're a huge Lions fan, they're going to be watching the Lions game. And you just need to accept that and figure out what you're going to do. Do something else. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm always a big fan of compromising. Like, you know, yeah, if you're, if you're a big Lions fan, like I am myself, and you want to watch football, I understand that. But also, you, you do have to understand that life does go on outside of football. And, like, if there's something important going on, you can't yeah. just piss it off because like oh i have to watch the lions game but you know there are like in, or, so like there's exceptions like let's say the lions are doing really well and like this is a very important game like mm-hmm. if you're on the other end of the spectrum where you don't care about sports you have to let your partner watch that game sure that's a big part of their lives whether you like it or not but you shouldn't be dating them if you can't handle that you know sure and i mean i i think Yes, like understanding that they're going to watch the football game. But then you talked about this other component, Nick. You talked about like what if there's this really important thing that you're asked to do Mm. or go to and there's a football game, which happens, right? There's weddings on football games. There there might be um, a family birthday party. There might be a funeral. There's all those things. So I feel like... um, that is where it comes to you need to be communicating and figuring out what your priorities are, right? <laughs> where are your priorities at? Is your significant other coming first or is it the football game? Well, your significant other should come first if you want to have a solid relationship. Right. But um, you also can't sacrifice your passions. But, you know, it's got to be a compromise. Like, it's got to be, you know, the, honestly, every question you ask tonight, the answer is going to be, fucking talk about it yeah well it's gonna be communicate for sure it's gonna it's gonna be talk about it absolutely um but i also think yeah it's it's talking about the priorities too so like um the the michigan ohio state game was on this past saturday and i was Uh busy and people were helping me uh move 
and they wanted to watch the game and I'm like oh yeah watch the game whatever so they put put it on their phone while we were moving and I was like totally cool and then I was like let's go watch the game you know like I I don't know for me it was like I understand like this is an important important game for you guys that's one of the games that's like if, if you're a fan of those schools, you really can't miss yeah. it. It only comes once a year, you know. Yeah, so I think um, be understanding about the big games, you know. Okay, anyway, sorry. Um, so I don't have any other sports questions on here. That's fine. Um, this is a fluid podcast today. We're breaking all the rules. We're going to break all the rules. My producer is going to kill me. So today we're going to be talking about a lot. We're going to be talking about dating. We're talking about, be talking about like what if you're in a relationship? What if you're going through a breakup? What if what if uh, somebody's cheating on you? We're going to talk about all that. But um, one of the questions was, how do you know if you should move in together? Um, well, how do you know if you should move in together? I would say, can you have, have you like uh, had a trip away together? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, look about, like, what are the things... Have you have you ever spent a night together or right. spent, like, a weekend well, together? Well, if you haven't spent a night together, then no, you shouldn't move in. <laughs> You'd be surprised people do it. Well, that's crazy to me, but... I know people that, like, have gotten married and have never spent the night together. Also crazy to me. And probably sets up a failing marriage unless they got lucky and randomly found the one person that can tolerate all of the negatives. Because that's what happens when you move in with somebody. You you learn more about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on a trip. But also, um, I think moving in together is tough. Because it's like you're a roommate, which we we've all had those roommates. But then on top of it, there's this like relationship compassion component Mm -hmm. and you have to balance between roommate expectations that you might have like oh who's gonna do the chores who's gonna wash the dishes who's gonna do this um and just different things that like when i've i've had i think i've had 16 different roommates maybe more wow and uh so like as far as a roommate, I'm thinking about, okay, like, am I quiet? Am I coming in um, and making sure I'm locking the door? Am I cleaning up after myself? I'm, like, thinking about all these roommate mm-hmm. etiquette things. But then there's this other component where it's like, no, I'm I'm in a relationship with this person. Yeah. So um, we're probably going to share a room. And do I still do all those things? Do I still, like have those chores or I still have those expectations the same as I would as if they were just a roommate um yeah I I I agree totally and I think it all like I said before every question is going to come back to this here's the thing if you move in with somebody you have to be comfortable enough with them to call them out on their bullshit tell them what you need and communicate back and forth with how this is going to work like that's the key to moving in with somebody is being comfortable enough to talk to them about shit that bothers you or shit that you need from them to make this living situation work and not not just work but thrive like and make you guys happy 
I feel like a lot of relationships failed because of um, the situations that happen when you move in together. He never changes the toilet paper. She never washes the dishes. Mm. She never feeds a dog. Um, she always leaves the window open. I feel like a lot of relationships have issues with these little roommate etiquette things. Yeah. And um, you have to be willing to like sit down and like talk about it, but also be like flexible because here's the thing, Nick, like you and I, like we did not grow up in the same house. So like what you're used to at your house yeah. was different than what I'm used to with my house. Mm-hmm. And I think it can be hard to like, um, mesh those two together, mesh them together and understand because we all grew up differently and we all had different, um, ways that we like mm. lived in our houses. So yeah. that's another component as well. Um, you have this willingness to grow together and turn it into something new. Having empathy and understanding that, hey, guess what? They're probably not used to doing so-and-so. Or let's mm. say like they moved, let's say there's snow and they d- they came from out of state. They're not used to snow. Yeah. They're probably not used to having to shovel the sidewalk <laughs> and plow the sh- plow the um, driveway you know they're not used to those things so it's like um there's this empathy but then um communication and overall understanding um me personally i'm not moving in um until i have a ring (laughs) i'm not kidding i'm not kidding i'm not moving in with somebody until i have a ring um my own personal choices um but you have to be willing to talk to them about this those stupid things mm. that matter to you. So so here's a different aspect of it. So yeah, that's that 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 pretty much sums up like the maintaining a household together aspect. Mm-hmm. But what about the fact that when you move in with somebody, you are literally sleeping with them every night like yeah. I, mean, I mean I'm not saying sex-wise, but like just sleeping next yeah. to them every night, learning how to do that and like not really being alone. That's another component too and um, that one's a little tougher to tackle. Because what if they snore? Ooh, right. what if they snore? That's hard. Um, so, uh, my um, somebody I know, uh, <laughs> is dating somebody who snores, and so you know she loves him, cares about him, wants to be with him. So she has actually like tried to like figure out like how to be able to sleep next to him yeah you know with headphones and music and everything which is like it's nice that she's doing that but then there's this other component that's like he's snoring for a reason Mm. maybe he should try to try to fix it try to figure out what he can do as well Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can you can get headphones and you can do all these things, but the other person needs to be willing to help themselves as well. Um, then there's this other component where, at least for me, like when I'm sleeping next to somebody, I feel like a sense of safety. Yeah, I feel safer um, and more protected, and so that's nice, I guess. Um, yeah, I think like you gotta. You have to you, share the bed. <laughs> share, sharing the bed is a thing, and then also like the lack, kind of like you lose a, a sense of privacy, and you, you have do. to kind of get used to that. And like me being someone who's always lived with people my entire life until just recently, um, you know, I that was easy for me because I've always been an open book, and I've always just 
been really good at being around people. Yeah, but yeah. I can I can sympathize with somebody who didn't have the same life experiences as me, where they have to all of a sudden share every aspect of their life together. So it's a big it's a it's a bigger choice for certain people, I think. Like for me, moving in with somebody, that's easy. Like that's not going to be an issue with me. Like because uh, I'm 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 good at that kind of stuff. But for other people. <clears throat> I can see where uh, it would cause strife and struggles because that's not what you're used to. And if anything that's a complete culture shock to you is going to be difficult, especially if you're scared and you're not talking about it. I think ultimately, just to answer the question, you need to understand. So first, there's understanding. First, understanding that you both are coming from different situations. Whether it's the house that they lived at before or how they grew up or whatever, you need to understand that you came from a different situation than them. And then two, you talk about it. You talk about, okay, so I'm used to this, this, and this. And you, and then the other person be like, well, I'm used to this, this, and this. And then come up with kind of like, what, what, what are the expectations or what are the guidelines and you know it doesn't need doesn't need to be written out or anything but i'm just saying like you just talk about like what are some things um so like oh i can't i can't even think of anything but like turning lights off like i turn lights off in my um place just save energy right Mm -hmm. but i know people that don't they keep the couple lights on or they keep whatever so it's just like talking about those different things right um and then same with sleeping next to somebody. Hey, I need to go to bed first because you snore. <laughs> and I can't fall asleep because you're snoring. You know, things like that. Also, another thing you need to think about is like, because in relationships, you're going to fight. So you got to figure out that if you can be okay fighting with somebody and coexisting coexisting with them at the same time. Because that's like, I mean, you got you to find quick resolutions to your fights and you got to be empathetic and just on like you don't have to agree but you have to understand it's like i always say at the end of every podcast it's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you because you got to understand where they're coming from and why they're coming from yes and it that can be so hard especially when it's um a relationship with somebody and even if it's somebody you've been with with for a long time it can be hard it can Mm -hmm. be hard i think it just gets harder mm -hmm. the more time that goes on because you know we're humans what happens so what what, what's next on that list nick what's next who else what what do they want to know um my boyfriend and i get into silly oh we'll get we'll come back fear number two entertainment amanda's got to get to work on her beers because she is slacking over there Mm -hmm. How do you live with somebody who can't drink beer as fast as you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Unsuccessfully. I'm I know by experience. People. I'm one of those people. All right. So um, just so you know, segment two, we are answering questions from our listeners. Uh, love advice, relationship advice. And here we go. Yep. And don't forget sex advice. Oh, sex advice too. My boyfriend and I get into silly fights every time we drink. How can we stop doing this well i see this all the time i probably once in a once in a while have been um a part of this um but 
what happens sometimes with people is they have something that's bothering them and they're not talking about it. They're not ready to talk about it with their significant other. And then they hit, hey, here's some shots, here's some beers, here's some drinks. And then all of a sudden it's like a volcano and it just all comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's not the right timing. It's not the best time to talk about it. So I I personally feel that if you're drunk or if he's drunk and it's an important conversation, do not talk about it until you are sober and can actually like listen and comprehend and are in a good space. Um, and really, if something is on your mind, you're probably and it comes out when you're drunk, you're probably holding it in. Yeah, that's I, I, like that's what I think. Like, I think if you're getting into fights when you're when you're drunk, um, then what what is great to do? And maybe not great to do, but you know, there's a reason it comes out when you're drunk. It's because you have because you know liquor gives you courage, right? And you have the courage to bring it up, even if it's like some small thing that's just been festering. Like, if you feel like you got to bring it up, then bring it up. But don't dive into it no. and just go to bed. And then, then, you, then you'll be reminded about it, it in the tomorrow. morning. Yes. And then you'll be forced to when you didn't really want to. Yes. And I don't know. The, 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 the real answer to this question is figure your shit out before you get drunk. And then if, if your shit is figured out and you're still getting into fights when you're drinking, then, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be with this person because they're obviously pissing you off. But I also, what if it happens? What if, because this has happened um to me before like what if like everything's fine but then like you're drunk or he's drunk and something happens that pisses you off and you want to address it but you know it's not the right time to address it because you've been drinking if that's the case then i mean if you're worried about forgetting it write it down or just go to um, my advice is go to bed whenever you Mm -hmm. feel drunk and you're going to do something destructive just go to bed i um I was really, I I don't think I would, I wasn't, I wasn't drunk, but the other person was drunk and it mm-hmm. wasn't a relationship. It was more of a, like a friend situation. Um, and something happened and I was really upset and I, my friend came, my other friend came talk to me and I said, okay, I have like four options right now. And I listed the four options and three of them were irrational and not good choices. And one of them was like. The only sane one. One of them was like basically like ignore it tonight and handle it tomorrow when you're sober. Mm-hmm. And I did. I did. I ignored it. I did not say anything. Mm-hmm. And I handled it in the morning when I was sober. And I, I, I'm glad I did it that way. Yeah. Um. I, I don't think. So anyways, I just, I just feel like. I needed that friend, though. I needed that person to kind of be like, help me problem solve in the moment, right? Because when you're drinking, yeah, um, your impulse control isn't as strong. Yes. And so I needed that person to be like, hey, that's a bad choice. Don't do that. Do this right. instead. So, um, yeah, maybe that's a good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, before you get into this fight, reach out for a friend if you're with them. And uh, see what they think, because 
a friend that's not as drunk as you is probably important yeah no i think i think it's good and like it's good to have a support system when you're feeling vulnerable and upset because we we often when we're vulnerable or upset are making um choices that we will regret in the morning yeah i think the worst thing you can do in that situation though is just take in those emotions you're feeling and suppress them and mm-hmm. like just forget about them like no yeah no no there's either even if that's not the issue that you're upset about there is something deeper rooted there that you need to work out or else it won't work out also i want to say like and i i'm not perfect i've done this before but like i feel like do not drunk text them like mean things or happy things or whatever like I, I just feel like drunk texting never um, is the answer as well. Yeah, well, I agree. Um, uh, you want, want me to read the next one? Yeah, let's hear it. Agree or disagree? Nipples are underrated. Nipples are underrated, huh? I I disagree. Uh, I agree. Uh, you you agree? I disagree. I feel like nipples can be stimulating. Well, you wait that they're underrated. Oh, oh shoot! Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> underrated. Okay, I, I. So you would say if you agreed, you would say would that. You would say oh if you yeah if you disagreed that you would say that they're averagely rated. But if you agree like I do, nipples are the key to the soul. <laughs> they're not. The they're key. they're where we get the the milk of the mommy. Yeah. I okay. So I guess I would say I agree. Yeah. No. I mean that's how kids get breastfed. It's stimulating. <laughs> nipples mm. are a powerful thing, so you know. Yeah. Pay more attention to nipples, people. All right. Just then, so you know. Want to read the next one? Okay. Let's see what our listeners want. Um, what if I find their friends unbearably sexy? So I'm assuming when they say they're, it means... Their significant others. Their significant others' friends. Mm-hmm. Well, then uh, date their friends. I don't know. It depends <laughs> how serious it is. <laughs> what if I find their friends unbearably sexy? If we're taking this question at its source, like no, uncontrollably, no, 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 you're, no, you're, no, no. What, what happens if you're uncontrollably super attracted to their friends? Like, well, I don't, that's a problem. I don't then. feel like, like attraction is like, like physical attraction is not the main thing for me to be like going for it. Right. I, 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 think, I get that. I think a lot of people are physically attractive, and I'm not going to immediately just go for it. Like, what if their friend sucks? Well, it, but but it's not just physically attractive. It's unbearably sexy. Like, who's the hottest guy in the world for you? Number one in the bitches bowl. Who would that be? I can't remember who I put, it, but um, I mean, I really like Jesse Williams. So, like, what if Jesse Williams was, like, your significant other's best friend? And Lucy Hale. So what if those people were your significant other's best friends? What do you do? I would ask for a pass, like a free card. Okay, so yeah, that, I don't know if that's great advice. <laughs> <laughs> ask ask them if you can sleep with them. Like I, I'll ask for a free card. Like, can I get like one free card, <laughs> please? I need one get out of jail free card, please, Mister Monopoly. And I would sometimes maybe I'll get a yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but no, I mean, what if you find their friend unbearably sexy? Okay. I'm going to change unbearably to just like you find them sexy. Okay. 
you should find I, I think once you get to know people if they're good people you should find everyone sexy right and so I just feel like if I'm physically attracted to them whatever you mm. know it's like I'm I'm here with my significant other right like um somebody I know like they were dating this guy mm. and their roommate was like like they were really attracted to their roommate yeah and the roommate would like change not like fully but like change and stuff and she's like like the nipples would never come out (laughs) she's like what do i do um but anyways i just i just feel like yeah you can like think they're sexy but ultimately like you're with your person for a reason Mm -hmm. and you love them and care care about them and um if they're as long, if, as long as they're just sexy on the outside to you, you're fine. Like just you know, yeah. I think it's people it, are sexy. You can't it you can't get around to that. look. You can look. You can't you can't can get you around look? attraction. What do you think, Nick? Can you look? Is it okay? Can you look at what? Like okay, what if you're in a relationship? Are you allowed to look? Like, like look look at hot girls or guys? I mean, I I think even, like even if I said no. I'm I would still do it. You know, right? It's human nature. Like, you can't you can't avoid it. Yeah. You know? Um, be with somebody that's like realistic about that I would say for sure and like you know it's like because because the person that I'm with it's like I'm physically attracted to you but I'm also like attracted to you for other reasons as well see that's where it gets a little a little funky it's like what if what if you're what what, or so let's say you're into your partner they're great but you're also physically attracted to one of their friends and emotionally attracted to one of their friends. But let's back up. How did you get emotionally attracted to them? Clearly something happened that you're just all of a sudden emotionally attracted no, to them. No, I mean, you can be, I think you could be emotionally attracted to certain people. Like, you know, like, all right, all right. Here's, here's, here's a prime, prime example. Like, what if you're, what if it's like one of your ex that you're still friends with? So you already know you're emotionally attracted to them and you're physically attracted to That's them. That's different. What it, but like, how do you know? Like, if it's like, a, let's say it's like a, a roommate or something, like, let's say it's like your girlfriend's roommate. Like, how do you know you're emotionally attracted? Emotionally, what did you say? Attracted? Yeah. How do you know? Like, you wouldn't be emotionally attracted to somebody unless you've like spent time with them, spent time with them, and really like one on one, which. Well, what if it's just like an old friend or something? Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I don't know. I feel like the person that you're with, like you're you're like with them for a reason, like and you're emotionally attracted and attracted to them for a reason and um while you might see other people that you have a connection with, mm-hmm. like you're with the person that you're with for a reason. I mean, I don't believe in reasons, um, but uh, I think that if you're with somebody, you should, you know, make a commitment to them. And, you know, like, e- even if you're, uh... <laughs> Amanda is just starting your second beer. <laughs> don't tell the listeners. Don't tell them I'm lightweight. But, like, you shouldn't, like, repress the fact that you have a connection with this other person. You should just. But you I, should just not just don't explore it. Like you're gonna yes, like, don't. Oh, I know it's like I. It's natural. I, yes. You're gonna have. I mean, it, it's not like there's like the whole idea that there is one person for everybody is a fallacy, and there are multiple people for everybody, and everyone fits in this interlocking web, 
but you just got to find the right branches. But there's going to be other branches. Like, there's not just one person that you're going to be happy with. Oh, like, there are, there I, are millions I, of people you would be that. happy with. I agree with that totally. But, so it's going to happen. But, and I, I think you're going to run into people that you, like, are attracted to or maybe have a a connection with or chemistry mm. or whatever and then all of a sudden your brain's gonna wander and be like oh what's this what, what's yeah, going on for sure but like at the end of the day it's like like you're gonna be like well no like i i love the person i'm with i care about the person i'm right. with and you gotta you gotta you gotta start valuing history because you have the history with the person the connection and the commitment you gotta those which you gotta put in front of this lust hop lust feeling that you have towards somebody that you get along with and find unbearably sexy so we're gonna switch topics all right now we're gonna switch to dating dating like like you're single and you're dating okay so um the question the listeners want to know is i'm single right now and how do i work on writing a good dating profile I don't fucking know, so <laughs> this is on you. Okay, so a good dating profile. I think. Well, I'm no, 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 no. Let me talk okay, for a minute. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I feel is important is the pictures that you're gonna post. Um, and I, I'm not gonna like name the dating profile websites that you're gonna use or whatever. But okay, like, well, the, I will Tinder, Bumble, uh, Plenty of Fish, or Grinder if you're a gay guy. Okay. But the pictures you're going to post, like, the pictures need to be actually you. You know what I mean? They they need to look like well, you. yeah. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying, um. oh, gosh, what's that one show called? Catfish. Catfish. I'm not saying no catfish shit. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, like, they need to look like you. You, like, put a picture on there that's recent that actually looks like you. Like, same hairstyle, like same like body structure like Ooh, okay i might have some qualms with you there i i i don't know i feel like you need because here's what's gonna happen you're gonna post a pic okay hypothetically speaking let's say you were like 50 pounds lighter than you are now and you post that picture and then all of a sudden they meet you and you look nothing like that picture it's just like you need I, I I just feel like you need to like be real. Be real with But that's who also like I mean I'm, I I I agree being real, but I can see the strategy in posting pictures that are more flattering of yourself than you actually it's all, put on. Cuz it's all what, what superficial. If, what, if what if you're betting on your personality? Cuz all those dating apps all it is is the, here, here's the key. Be hot. No, 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 listeners, don't listen to Nick. (laughs) I think post some pictures. Oh, and this is the other thing that I heard. The pictures need to be just you, not friends, because then it gets confusing if it's like a group picture, because then they don't know who in the picture is who. And then, mm. So it needs to be an individual picture. You need to be smiling. Don't. Oh my gosh, this is so funny. Like sometimes people post. I don't know if they do it on dating sites, but they do it on Facebook. They post like um, sporting teams or like memes or their favorite coach or just like things that it's like nothing to do with them yeah no you need to post a picture yourself it Mm. needs to be you by yourself you need to be smiling and maybe doing something that you do all the time like don't post a picture of you surfing if you never surf 
Um, mm. Like, do post, like, for example, like, post, like, I love dogs. I would post a picture with a dog because I love dogs. So post a picture with something that you actually love that's you and defines you because the person that that you are going to go on a date with, you want them to like you for you. All right. Will you read that question again? The same one you just read? How would you write a good dating profile? Okay. So I think we're focusing too much on pictures. We're talk- we got to talk about the bio. Okay. So pictures is first, bio second. Bio. Okay. So bio. Um, age. Uh, it's okay to lie. <laughs> what? It's okay to lie about your age. You can't, you don't lie about any of your pictures, but if you want to tell them you're only 30 when you're 47, that's fine. I feel like it's okay to lie about your age. I on there. disagree, but okay. Okay. Um, I think that's worse I know. than posting actual pictures of you doing stuff you used to do. I, it's always good. I, and maybe I'm biased because it's I always love- good to lie. <laughs> maybe i'm biased but I, I i feel like it's good to like say like if you like like cats or dogs or like animals i don't know because if i if i if somebody said lie about your age talk about animals if you said like i hate dogs and cats oh no not working oh, for me yeah i do hate dogs we yeah, all know that not working for me um and then you uh, um i also th- sometimes they put like it's they have like choices like single, widow, divorced, mm-hmm. um, all those things. I don't know. Um, and then always the, put widowed <laughs> for sympathy. I mean, I just <laughs> is it I, okay to lie about that? I kind of I just feel like you should be honest about that part. Yeah, well, you should be honest about everything. No, the profile, age you I can think. lie on. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> agree. <laughs> um, and then for the oh my god, do not put on your bio like. You, like something like you know what I'm looking for message me or you know something like where it's clearly like I just want to have sex with you unless you just want to have sex then I, why not I, 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 I'm always a fan of honesty I don't know I'm not like, attracted what, to what, that. what if you're only on those I guess this isn't really a dating question but what if you're only on those things to have sex wouldn't it be better like alright so what, what would it be better let's say you went on a date with a guy who secretly only wanted to have sex but I didn't know, put that on his I bio know, wouldn't it be right. better for him to put that on his bio if you're then, right then, then you could swipe left and not have to deal with the games that he's playing you're right you're right you're right but i i'm curious i would like to do an experiment like you should have somebody on this podcast to talk about like like somebody on this podcast that has a bio like that like mm. i just want to know like do you actually get guys or girls by having a bio like that like something like i just want I just want sex or this is just a booty call or whatever. Like, do you actually get people from that? Because I'm, I'm curious. Well, I'll tell you this. If a girl puts it, guarantee you they do. If a guy puts it and they're sexy, probably. Really? Okay. Like, I mean, a girl could go out in the street and say, I want to have sex right now. And there'd be a line. There, there would be. It would just happen because us guys are fiends. And, you know, it's programmed into our fucking DNA to... Uh, <laughs> Crave, crave that because like I was listening to this podcast uh, one of the Joe Rogan podcasts like uh, it's in men's DNA there's three ways to reproduce and that's what drives our sex drive we can either uh, you know be monogamous get married start a family family that's the most successful way to or like one night stand some shit um, you know like that could happen and then the darkest 
depressing way, rape. Like that's those are the things that drive men. And, and I'm not saying like I'm not saying like men want to rape people, but I'm saying those that those are inherently things that are passed down from generations on how we reproduce. What? Where did you read this? And on a podcast? A Joe Rogan podcast with some people who were like bio, 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 biology like professors mm. and whatnot. Like it's not like it's kind of it, messed up. It is messed up. It's messed up as fuck. But that's like why some people do that. And uh, it's weird. It's dark as shit, but it's the truth. Like th- those are the three ways you can reproduce as a male. I know. Um, so, um, going back to the dating profile, though, sometimes I know they have questions like, um, "Do you want kids or do you not want kids?" Mm. And I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think that I don't think that is like super important in your profile right away. Yeah. Because I think that's something you're going to find out later on when you start going on dates. Right. That's um, more important, like, when when you just start declaring this a relationship and start moving. Like, maybe when you move in, you know, that's when you got to figure out, like, your deal breakers. You got to know those. But I know some of those dating website, websites have, like, right. those things, like, mm-hmm. right off the bat. Um, but, like, for me, like, I would like to know if my significant, significant other, like, dogs or cats or not. Because mm. if you don't like dogs, goodbye. Um, and then, um, what if you have a kid? You know, you kind of need yeah. to say that. Like, oh, you you can't you can lie about your age, but not how many kids you have. But like, what if? I think is there an option? Like, I want kids, I don't want kids, or I already have kids. Like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they yeah. have those. That should be an option on there too. But I feel, I kind of feel like you can lie about your age. I do. I do. <laughs> I, don't I, know why. I I lie about my age all the time. <laughs> why? I don't know. What do you do you tell them younger? It depends on the setting. So at work I usually say I'm a, like a year or two older. And then if I'm with you guys at the bar, like um and I'm with a bunch of younger people, I say I'm a little bit younger. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah all right so let's go moving on because moving on. we don't need to be listening to amanda's lies all right <laughs> um what if you're <laughs> what if your friend is dating someone that you do not like oh man so what if your friend is dating someone that you can't stand or don't do, i guess like like everything there's different levels i know i think well let's just say did they you don't like them Maybe they're not, mm-hmm. they're not right or they're not, they're, you feel right. like they're not good enough for your friend. So, do you want to take this first or you want me to? So, if, if, if you, tr- it depends, like I said, it depends on the levels. Like, if it's someone you just, like, just don't like or don't get along with, then, you know what I would say? Suck it up and support your friend. Yeah. If it depends, it all, it all depends on how happy they are and if they're I happy. Know. That's hard, though. What if they're super happy, but they're getting physically abused? Okay, well, if they're getting physically abused, like punched, then yeah, you got to say something and you got to do something. But what if they're super happy, but they're getting emotionally abused? Then are they really happy? They say they are. Then, I don't know. It depends on your friend. It depends on how much you trust them. And I don't know. It's a tough situation. It's so tough. I so and Then, I, then I maybe feel vo- like... voice your concerns and, and try to communicate with your friend on why you're concerned respectfully. 
and try to like let them dig themselves out of the hole that you put them in. So I I also feel like this is hard too because you know, you want to be there for your friend and you care about your friend and You have to be there for your friend. And but here's the thing it's like your friend let's say your friend's super happy and you don't want to like take that away from them but i also feel like you have like this component where it's like you you need to protect them and if they're not in a situation that is emotionally mentally or physically healthy for them you Mm -hmm. need to voice that and yeah i think the onus of that lies on like it's it's more than just friendship like it's got to be like it's got to be like your best friend like you have to be you have to be if you want to voice the uh, shut up dogs <laughs> if you want to voice these concerns about uh someone that uh your friend is dating then you have to be able to be comfortable enough where if you voice them it's not going to sever your relationship well you would like you have to be close enough to that person to say anything to them like I you know. have to be like a best friend and you have to know at the end of the okay this is what happens this is the reality of what happens you're going to like let's say your friend is with somebody you you're like nope this isn't like, right this is toxic you got to get out this is toxic you got to get out what's going to happen is your friend is going to say something like Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're not happy. I'm so happy. Like, how are you not happy for me? Like, I'm so happy right now. I wish you would just support me. They're going to be angry. And you just, it's kind of like you have to like accept like they're going to be angry and and see what happens and, and you hope and pray that they see what you see. Well, but sometimes it can be hard for that person that's in the relationship to really see the toxicness, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think the best way to go about it would be to like, you have to have your plan formulated in your brain, like where like you can bash down everything they throw at you. Like, and, and, and all you need to do is like, like you don't, you don't want to, you don't have to say like, you, you can't be mean about it. You have to be like, this is why I'm concerned. List off a bunch of reasons and combat any of the things they throw back at you. But then and you just all you have to do all the all you need to do and all you're responsible for is making them know that you're supportive of them, mm-hmm. but you're afraid for them, and these are realistic, logical reasons right. why. And then and they, can't, they, can't, they can't they yeah. can't they can't they can't really say anything about it. You know, like if if they can't come back from like a sound argument, you know, then like. Then it's up to them to either accept that you're concerned and realize that you are, or for them to. I mean, they're not going to excommunicate you from you if you make a sound argument. You know. I wish it was that easy, Nick. I really do, but I feel like it's like you voice your concern, right? I'm concerned about mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, and then typically what's going to happen is they're not gonna hear you they're they're gonna say like well i'm happy this is Mm. where i'm at and basically like you're my friend and you should understand that i'm happy right well then then well you have to listen to them because that's what i like like i've always said like you have to listen first before you can talk you have to listen and you have to empathize and it takes it's not like an easy fix 
Like, no, it's not something, and I agree with you. It's not something that you're gonna get resolved with your friend right away. And I think it's something that's gonna take a while. And you, I don't know if I don't I don't know if there's a solution. I really don't. But I know that if your friend is getting physically or verbally or, or mentally, physically is completely different because then you got to jump right in. No. Why is physically different than emotionally? Because physically can result in loss of life. But why is that different than emotionally or verbally abusive? Because those can't result in loss of life. They can, though. Yeah, by by your own hand, but not by not by. Yeah, I just like, feel like it's different, and I, I, it's like why is it if you murder somebody a different crime than if true. you emotionally murder somebody? Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I guess for me though, like as a person that like I know you're right, Nick, like physically abuse physical abuse is different than verbally mm-hmm. or not saying I mean or it, emotional abuse. However, the damage it can do is very similar and Yeah. I feel that no matter it's a human being and and I'm going to respect the human being and know that they need more than this right. and that's not what they deserve and as a friend especially Fear number what's three, going on politics. the president grabbed me politics okay jk i'm going to finish my sentence um what i was going to say is like we need like it's uh, as a best friend like it's my i feel like i need to voice that i'm concerned they can listen or they cannot listen but i'm gonna say i'm concerned you should um and like it's on you to do that if one of your friends is going through that but it's also on you if it's not if it's not um sorry about the dogs but if it's not (laughs) how itchy are you jesus um uh, if but if it's not something that's threatening their life, then you have to try your hardest to be respectful and be peaceful, and you have to like have a sound argument against or or, or for why you feel this way. Like it has to be put together very well. I, but if it's I, yeah. if it's if it's physical, the difference is physical abuse you can't come back from. Emotional abuse you can. It's not easy, but you can. That's why if it's if someone's getting physically abused, you gotta step up right away, and you gotta. I okay. What do you mean by you can't come back from that? What do you mean? Like from physical abuse? Yeah. I'm saying like physically. Like, what if someone breaks your arm or dislocates your shoulder or kills you? Okay. Well, if somebody breaks your arm, mm. you're gonna go heal, to- but it will never be the same. Yeah. 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 Okay. And and. I- Okay, so when you say they can't come back from it, you're saying, like, physically they might, like, do something that's going to permanently damage your body. Yeah, and Is immediately damage. Okay. You know, it's like it's not... I don't know, but I, 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 I just... I, honestly, Nick, I think it's because... I think it's because of my job and um, emotional and tra- mm. traumatic experiences are things that um, uh, impact people for the rest of their life. All right, so if you feel this way, Amanda, then... I know you, and I know if you knew somebody that was getting physically abused by their mm-hmm. partner, you would step up, sure. say shit, and not accept it. Of course. But if you feel like this is equal to being emotionally abused, if you know anyone in your life that you feel that way, then why aren't you doing the same thing? I think I would do the same thing. And okay. I think that trauma impacts people um, 
tr- like it impacts people significantly and, mm. and it can impact your life for as long as I mean I totally agree yeah. but I think that trauma can be combated with therapy and um understanding of why it happened it can yeah for sure there but can physical be, abuse can be like lasting forever therapy yeah you can do therapy but i don't know i don't know why we're arguing i don't ne- know next All question right. next, next question, question. We can... oh, hold on before we get on to this we gotta talk a little bit about politics um oh, yeah sure let's talk about politics the climate report came out uh trump's own climate report from people on his team and uh, it showed that the U.S. climate uh, situation is going to cost us billions of dollars and be hard to combat. And they released it on Black Friday because that is a notorious news day. And Trump said himself that he released it on that day because he doesn't believe in it. So fuck you, America. Fuck you, Mr. Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> we are all going to die and nothing matters. Anyways, wow, next question. Wow. Okay, I apologize to all the listeners out there. That was super depressing. And I'm about to lift you up because women in Saudi Arabia have casted their first vote in the country's history. Yep, and I'm about to bring you back down after you get through your point. I need you to be positive. Women were also standing as candidates on... A total of 978 women have registered as candidates. Um, and okay, I know this is so depressing, but 5,938 men are are registered, and there's only 900 women registered. Um, Bit of a disparity. I yes, and it says about 130 women registered to vote. Oh. Did you say 130 women that registered to vote? Figure st- still falls well short. The- Oh, no, no, that's a national. That, okay, ignore that. Okay. So, um, yeah, 978 women have registered to vote in Saudi Arabia, and there was 5,900 um, men who have voted. Um, so, yeah, there is a disparity for sure, but the fact that the Saudi Arabian women can vote is still a huge deal, um, and their voice is getting heard, and I know it's like, 2018 and this is happening but at least their voice is getting heard now so i have very big issues with this and the fact that this is even a fucking story because of how fucked that country is in terms of what they're doing like i'm sure you've heard of the jamal Gashoji uh murder that um mbs uh muhammad bin salman the prince of saudi arabia arranged yeah um the the only reason like the women can drive cars there now that was a big story is because he's just trying to make it seem like this is a good place to live or whatnot. And now women voting like the only reason that's a story is because you know they want to make it seem like it's turning into a progressive country when it's not. They are literally killing reporters. They've suppressed women's for their entire lives. They are waging a war in Yemen with the U.S.'s help. And yeah, no, it's so fucked there that uh i hate it when these positive stories come out because they just make them seem more human in that in that country not not that the people in that country are bad it's literally just the family that owns the country and the fact that they live on oil reserves that they hold hostage the rest of the countries in the world so they can't check them for their uh abstrosities and yeah pisses me off um, so yeah, I'm glad that women can vote there, but I'm telling you, it doesn't fucking matter. 
yeah there, there's clearly a, a lot of work to be done uh, for sure and I, I agree with you though it's frustrating when you know they have these positive little videos mm. but then you read when you act or not videos uh, stories yeah. and then you then you dive deeper into the story and you're like Oh, it's like Fox News doing a pro Trump story. Like shocker. Like oh, only five hundred women are voting versus five thousand men. You know, um, and it just makes me grateful for the fact that I have rights to be able to vote. Mm. And since I've been able to vote at eighteen, I've been able to. So I, I don't know. Makes it, you grateful to be a white girl. It, it, it makes me grateful that I have the rights that I do now versus many other women in other countries that um, do not have the same right, rights. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the people in Saudi Arabia, I'm sure all most the majority of them are fucking great. Mo- most of them are probably great, but it's the leadership that corrupts that shit because there's no checks and balances. Yes, that's why the U.S. is. Well, it's it's, it's like it's, it's beyond risk. it's beyond checks and balances. It's I think it's a cultural component too. Women. I don't think so. I don't think people. I don't think normal people in a in that culture just want the kind of a, a the, the kind of absurd things that are happening there. Like they don't want that. Like yeah, okay, maybe they have like a religious aspect towards women. Like, so does Christianity, you know? Like, no, I think I think in a lot of cultures, women are seen as less. Um, superior than men yeah like i feel i feel like that's pretty standard and we all know this Mm, that's even in christianity it's in all it's in all cultures like in all religious based cultures that's how it is because you know christianity that's why people are like don't like gay people because they think they're like women or something you know like because uh women are so terrible and so inferior you know it's the world is fucked in that way it's the same same thing with racism you know if you're not a white man you're you're kind of you're not you're 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 kind of fucked in a way like you, you it's it's harder for you than it is for me yes all right next okay. question <laughs> okay we're changing subjects we're getting back onto the love doctor all right all right um what's the best relationship advice you've ever received ooh Gotta think about that one for a minute. Fucker right in the pussy. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, one thing is like almost everybody I've talked to about like having a wedding has shared with me basically don't do it. Have <laughs> they say they say like don't have a big wedding, like just go elope and, and, and just get it done because mm-hmm. it's like not worth the stress and I agree with that. Not that I'm am married, but I I feel like I've been in a lot of weddings to see that I don't think I want a big wedding and I'd be fine with eloping or doing courthouse or anything like that. Yeah. Well, um, that's good. I think that's probably positive. I'm someone who needs to have a wedding because I'd like attention. Um, but I think the best relationship advice I've ever gotten, and I know I'm racking my brain, but I think the only thing that really sticks out is like, that sex is important and don't discount that okay so talk about that more so like i mean essentially what is a relationship it's a monogamous thing and we are humans and we need to have sex uh all the fucking time 
So, like, you have to have a good sex life in your relationship or it will not last because you will be unsatisfied. Your mind will wander. You, you, you will get angry for no reason because you're not getting off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the thing that I would say to couples out there. Like, keep, keep your sex life alive. Like, and if you, need to, if you need to tweak it, tweak it. But fucking do things and work towards making it happen. Like, you can't just be in a relationship and not have sex. That, that, that will not never fucking work. Oh, no, no, no. No, sex is important. And um, going off of sex, um, we got several sex questions submitted by our listeners this Let's year. Hear them. So, um... <laughs> what if he's, he is too big and it hurts to have sex? Well... Being that I'm not a gay guy, I'll throw this one to you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Well, what if he's so big it hurts to have sex? Well, let's see. I think first communicate with him. Tell him this. (laughs) Don't just do the squished up face and be like, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) The squished up face. No, you gotta fucking tell him. Yeah, I think like you. I, I, I don't know because I don't have a vagina, but I would say like, okay, yeah. The first time you have sex, this isn't gonna work, dude. It doesn't I, fucking fit. I mean, yeah, like you gotta talk about this shit, and um, I think you need to go slow, <laughs> and uh, there needs to be a level of trust, a, a huge level of trust. A huge, huge. so big, like thirteen inches <laughs> level of trust. You need to have a level of trust and communication <laughs> with this. Um, yeah, that's all I got. All right, yeah, moving yeah, forward. No, uh, break up with him and find someone that's not that big, and let him find someone that's that wide. You there think? You go. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't know. No, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work if you can't have sex. I'll tell you that. Um. Are there any? <laughs> this is listeners. You're cracking me up. <laughs> Are there any subtle signs that she might give to indicate her kink level? Ooh. I don't. I don't know. Okay, so let's think about this for for a minute. I oh. Amanda, uh, are you into kink at all? I'm not going to answer that. Okay. Too personal. However, I feel that you need go by her lead. If she all of a sudden... Go buy her a leash? Lead. Oh, sorry. L-E-A-D. <laughs> I know. I was just being stupid. <laughs> uh, so, like, you need to go... Like, if she all of a sudden brings up um, dirty talk. Remy! He's down here. If he brings, If she brings up dirty talk, follow her lead. If she brings up... Um, uh, role play follow her lead like just just I would just like if she makes a reference of it once yeah explore it explore it fine but like if she doesn't reference it I don't know like or ask her if she's into anything kinky back to the basics talk about it don't yeah. be afraid to talk about stuff that other people perceive to be embarrassing you're with somebody for an extended period of time and you're spending all this time with them why are you afraid to talk to them but i think uh, um 
So are there subtle signs that she might give to indicate their kink level? That's the question. So um, if she makes mm. comments, like, or if she, like... If oh, she, you can tie me up or something like, like that. Like, if she, if she makes comments, then you need to, like, follow her lead on those comments and, like, follow those comments. Or, like, if she, like, sends a text, like, you need to follow, like, that... I don't know. So... Yeah. I, I would say yes. Play into the role play. I would say yes. There are subtle signs that she might give. For sure. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes both ways. I don't think it's a girl versus guy thing. I think think it goes both ways. People are ashamed of their kinks. And um, it takes us... I mean, especially if you're with somebody new, like... It's 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 not going to be easy for you to just like go out there and say like oh I'm into like diaper porn or something, you know something really wild like that. I mean, I think everyone's into some certain kind of kinks, but like really kinky people are into some weird shit. And I mean, I don't want to judge you for it, but it's weird to me or to anyone else that's not into that, you know. But just be be open minded, and uh, if your partner's into it try it just try it it's not gonna kill you last text question from our listeners is it true if you don't use it you lose it not sure what that one means i don't 100 percent know what that means either um but i think like we all probably go into a little dry spell and we know what those dry spells are and i uh, you don't lose it okay it's gonna come back to you and especially if it's the right person, it will come back. I, I, yeah, it's so, like riding a bicycle. I think it's... So if you don't use it, are you going to lose it? My answer is no. You're not going to lose it. It might be a little rough when you start using it again, <laughs> but you'll get back there. Don't worry. You'll get back there. Don't worry. <laughs> Next question. All right. Um, How do you... No, no, no. When does a relationship become exclusive? When you say it's exclusive. Well, and this is so hard. Exclusive. So there's... A, like so many levels there's this facebook exclusive there's this like i'm exclusive to my family there's this exclusive to my friends um so when i when does a relationship become exclusive well it's it's kind of like if they ask you to be like oh are you my boyfriend or you my girlfriend like no that's definitely a line is that still a thing yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is still a thing, I think. Okay. So after they ask. <laughs> We've been like, out of the game for a while. I'm not sure. <laughs> so then, so when they say, so then you, if, if they, if they say like, yes or whatever, then you can become Facebook exclusive if you want, right? You're thinking about Facebook official. Oh, official. Okay. That's a different topic. But we're talking about when, when you're, when is to the point where you're dating somebody that you're not or not allowed to see or fuck other people? Oh, no, no, no. That's not what it says. It says become exclusive. Yeah, what do you think that word means? I think it means like, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend. No, that is not what that means. It means that's the only person you're sleeping with or flirting with or having a relationship with. Okay, well, I misinterpreted that definition. (laughs) Um, So I think it's a couple things. One, it's that, that question of like, are you like? Will you be my boyfriend or will you be my girlfriend? So that's mm. step one. That one is that one is once you get there. That is, 
the latest point that you're exclusive. So that's step one. But, but then, there are things you can no, get no, to before no, yeah, that. Yeah, because then there's those other things. I've heard people, like there's these open relationships. Polyamorous relationships. There's all these other things that I've heard about. So I feel like it's like, what if they say yes, but then it's like, but I have other boyfriends too or I have other girlfriends too. Well, then that should be put on the table right I, then. Do you think in the beginning it should be? Yeah. I mean, if someone asked you to be your boyfriend and you said yes, but you have another boyfriend, that should probably put on. Yeah. That should probably be known. So I think, um, but what about if they're dating? So like, that's the thing. Like that's where, that's where this question comes in. Like, so let's say you're dating somebody, it's going well and you guys are hanging out like all the time, but you're also like kind of still playing around with these other side pieces. Like then I think like, once i mean that's the line right there is when you become official boyfriend and girlfriend not a facebook official but just like you guys say that together yeah yeah and just it, have this conversation it, it i think it's a conversation but i also think nowadays and i and i i maybe i talked about this on the podcast before but like when i go to the doctor now i'm asked if i'm in a monogamous relationship or not Oh really? Yeah. So, You've not talked about this in the podcast. Okay. Before. So yeah, it's it, it's definitely a thing. Like you, I I I feel like it's pretty common, and you have to mm. kind of like if if you're asked to be a boyfriend or girlfriend, you and you say yes or no or whatever, like you need to be like clear from that point. If they say yes, like if they say yes, I want to be your boyfriend or girlfriend, and you need to be clear from that point. Yes. However, so you know. I have other partners. Yeah. Or so, you you know, so I think um, when, so the question is, when does a relationship become exclusive? It's when you have that question posed to you. Will you be my boyfriend or girlfriend? I think it could be before that. I think it depends on like, like it, it depends on what kind of person you are. Like if you're somebody that's prone to like having a polyamorous relationship or other things, then it's different. But if you're someone who's like, I'm straight up going to be with one person, for the rest of my life you know there's there's a difference between fucking other people and being in love with other people that's there's a difference yeah yeah but yeah like that's why like exclusive though but exclusive i do you think exclusive means like i think it means that you're not fucking anyone else okay interesting okay because i i i see exclusive as like defining this person as my significant other so i don't I, that's boyfriend or girlfriend talk i know so, so you jump in early i don't know so I, <laughs> I i feel like um just have the talk about where you stand but then also have a real talk about monogamous or polyamorous polyamorous um how do you feel about that by the way i i like, it's not something that I do, but I have no judgment. Like, if, if, if that's what you want to do, go for it. And I think it's pretty common. I really yeah. do. And if, if... I honestly think... I kind of think it might be more natural than monogamy. I, I, I feel like it's it's very common. And it, I think that um, everybody's relationships are different. Mm. And you can't really compare my relationship to so-and-so's relationship yeah. like we're all different and we all have different things that that we're doing and need and and are living by and i have no judgment towards it would you ever be in a polyamorous relationship probably not um, would you ever be in a relationship that like uh, what i don't think that's the word but like you can like you you're you're only in love with each other but other people can like 
do sexy things with other people and it's like okay uh maybe i don't know maybe, just curious maybe like maybe when i'm older i don't, I don't know <laughs> like swinger type deal yeah sure whatever. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i have no judgment towards that like right now where i'm at in my life no yeah i don't like i can't even handle one right now so i'm good <laughs> uh but but when I'm older, sure, like maybe. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Like, you know, things might get stale. Spice it up a bit. <laughs> I, I I have no judgment. If if that's what works for you, then go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving forward. Um, Next we, question. We have some other questions. Uh, so how do you know if it's true love or not? Hmm. <sighs> Gosh, wish I knew. Um, <laughs> I know, and true love. I feel like I do know. And, do you know? Because I, I don't. Also, what does true love even mean? I don't fucking know. Um, it, I, what I think true love means is love, but a lot of people just say like they love something that they don't actually love. Like love exists; it's a thing. Like it's like when you love somebody as much as you love like your siblings because you hate your siblings sometimes but you love them no matter what right you want the best for them like it's 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 something that's uncontrollable like you it's not something you choose it's just something that happens but yeah so so what does is that different than true love though true love i guess if the difference would be like that it's mutual Okay, it's me. Yeah, I don't know. That's that. Maybe that's what a true love is. It's it's a mutual love between two people that will never die, even if shit goes terrible. It will never die. I feel like I can't. Honestly, I feel like I can't answer that question. How do you know if it's true love? I don't. I don't know how to answer that. Um, I think you probably just know, or I think there, maybe you don't. I don't know. There's a sense of unconditional love, like you said, Nick, mm-hmm. and um. Like, do you unconditionally love your significant other and do they unconditionally love you back? Right. But then even that... So you can't even... You can't know that because you can't dive into another person's brain. But even that is still not enough sometimes. You know what's true love with your family? It's true love with your family and friends. I have true love with my family and friends. Like, like, and... uh you, you you want to feel, like if you're in a relationship, that's what you want to feel from it. That they are your family. That they are your friend. That they are everything you need. Mm-hmm. Or every, not even everything you need, but everything you accept. And you accept that love from them. And they accept it from you. It's hard to judge the other aspect of it, but... And I feel like that's how, how I feel for most of, for all of my friends and family. Mm-hmm. God, I wish I felt that way for you. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like that's how I feel for all my friends and family is like I, I, I have unconditional love for them and I want the best. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like true love has this like little like stigma towards it. And I don't, I, I don't I don't want to put that little label on it, but I guess the the real the real label is unconditional love. How do you know if it's unconditional love? And I think it's I don't think you can know that. 
you can't know it, but it's like you... You can feel it. It's like you know that that person wants the best for you no matter what. Like you can guarantee you that for good parents. But other than that, like, you know, I could have unconditional love for somebody, but they will never really know it. Like, like I know my mom unconditionally loves me. Like I'm a, I'm probably... Hmm. A rude. Here's the thing. What does she? Because like, all right. So let me throw this. Let me throw some scenarios out there. Let's say you murder. No, a, a, no, no. The unconditional loves me. Love no matter what. So that's something that's rare and impossible. Like, let's say you murder all your family except for your mom. She still love you. No, no. I'm not. No, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk. Well, about Well, I'm just trying to define it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. Well, I'm just, just just describing what it actually means uh, from word-wise. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, we're going back. Sorry, guys, we had to take a quick pause, but uh, I'm sure you didn't notice, and I'm sorry that this is weird. Next question. <laughs> All right. So, um, what does a healthy relationship look like? I feel like a healthy relationship looks like a couple things. One is honest, com- um, honest communication. Communication again. There's that trust, secret word. Trust. But then, okay, there's this other thing, and I'm, I'm curious, Nick. I'm gonna kind of dive into it. Have you ever heard of the five love languages? Um, I have heard of it, and uh, I think I've done like a test before, and I'm pretty oh. sure I know which one I am. Interesting. Okay, so there's this book that I read a couple years ago. It's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And it talks about um, the not necessarily the love that you give to other people, but the love that you want to receive. Um, and it says, like, we, for, we forget to compliment, to give gifts just because... Um, and then it talks about, sorry, I'm just reading like what it says. So there's like five languages and, uh, what, can you pull up like what the names of all of them are? Yes, I got it. Um, so there's five things. What are they? The words, words of affirmation. So things like, I love you. I care about you. Those like things. basically like that love language represents someone that needs to be like reassured yes acts of service so this is like doing things like buying gifts no 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 oh no acts of service is like filling up somebody's gas gas tank without being asked or doing the chores without being asked making the bed without being asked those things Mm. receiving stuff that benefits the relationship yeah receiving gifts is receiving presents jewelry all those things Quality time is spending time with a significant other, but it's beyond just spending time together. It's doing things that your significant other likes to do. Right. So they love, let's say they love ice skating. So you go out of your way to make sure you plan an ice skating trip. Right. Or they love gardening and you go out of your way to garden. Right. And then physical touch, it um, goes without explaining, but just... Sex. No, no, no. Not just sex, but also like... Hugs. Holding hands in public and all those things. Oh my God, we're out of time. All right, quickly, which one are you? Quality time. What are you? 
I am words of information and physical touch. Knew it. Anyways, <laughs> friends, read that book. You, it, that will solve all your love life problems. This is the Love Doctor. So happy to see you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Split Six Podcast. Because we split six pack nine by three. Every time we see each other, the course of one beer. I've been your host, Nick Wigella. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Wigella on Instagram at Nick Wigella on Facebook at Split Six Media. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us anywhere you can find podcasts. Amanda Walker or Amanda Renee is here. <laughs> uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Um, uh, the love doctor Amanda thank you for having or being back on this podcast it's been fucking fantastic anything you want to plug um no I'll be back soon um this is Amanda Renee submit some uh questions to me um you can just basically tell me in person and I'll be sure (laughs) to answer them on this podcast so great to have you listeners and I hope I solved all your love problems (laughs) Remember, guys, it's more important to listen to what somebody else is saying than it is for them to listen to you. And thank you for splitting six with us.